0: Hey everybody, in the football pandemic, we are there. Super Bowl next, but first, we have some coaching stuff, some divisional games, a lot of news around the NFL that has all been scripted for this podcast. Join us. Hey guys, did you see what I did there? I said, we have all this news that has been scripted because this week, um, I believe it was Arian Foster running back for the Houston Texans, who was famously a vegan and a late round pick, I believe, six round pick who mm-hmm. uh, did really well, but he came out. I didn't actually get to see this, but I've heard uh, seen more headlines than anything that he uh, claimed that the NFL is scripted and that he was given the script that he would, hurt his leg. somebody tell me about this
1: so basically i don't know what podcast it wasn't pat maggie i thought it was but it was somebody else's it was another another well-known podcast i just don't know what it is but um he's on mod uh, comes on here saying oh this is scripted and whatever and then they're talking about it, and he's like so yeah you, you have to remember what you had like you know had to do like kind of like a like a movie right you would have to remember your lines you remember what you had to do during uh you know the games whatever he's like yeah, kind of, not really. I just had to know what I had to do, basically. Sometimes it's say you know, injure your hamstring. And sometimes it's say you know, let the, let the, he mentioned the Colts. He was like, let the Colts score 30 points or something, or, you know, score four <laughs> rushing touchdowns this game or whatever. Mm-hmm. And at
0: the end
1: of it, he, at, at the first beginning, it was like he sounded serious about it. Then the end, it was kind of more joking. I can't remember what they said, but it seemed more like a joke than a real thing.
0: Well, I heard that a lot of people began ripping him on social media, laughing at yeah. his, uh, uh, claims and, and exertions, but. Uh, hmm.
2: Yeah, I'm just going to point out, Josh, I know you're looking for a long term career. I think an NFL scriptwriter might be your fastest I way might, to a Washington Super Bowl. Yeah. I was, <laughs> saying, I was
1: thinking that. I'm like, dude, these scriptwriters must have something in for Dan Snyder because ever since he's been, you know, in office or in ownership, we haven't done, you know, nothing.
0: The script has never gone your way. That's all. Yeah. That's all. Speaking of, uh, your ownership what is the news what is going on with Dan Snyder I heard that there that he was entertaining offers and that there were offers but then I've heard nothing for a long time is he anything. like is he just trying to drive the price up trying to get Jeff Bezos to come in there and and put an offer down and Bezos is like mm, no
1: what I've heard recently is Bezos either submitted an offer or did or something like that and I don't think Dan Snyder is willing to accept Bezos offer no matter what, honestly. That's what I've heard. I haven't heard anything in a couple weeks, just like you guys. So I'm on the same page as you.
2: You know, I would think if Dan Snyder was looking for a lot of money really fast, he would sell it to Jeff Bezos, because Jeff Bezos has a lot of money that he's willing to drop on this organization. Really fast. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yep. Uh, I, it may be one of those cases where they're both angling to get a better deal where Dan's acting like, Oh, I don't, I would never sell yeah. to you hoping to drive the price up and Bezos is like you, you obviously have to sell. I'm going to give you this lowball number. And they're both trying to find a place to meet. Maybe, maybe, uh, I tell you what. Uh, ownership aside, there's a lot going on right now in front offices around the league. Uh, we've had some head coaches finally start to be hired. You know, we had five teams at the end of this year. Uh, was it three that kind of got rid of their coach midseason and then two after the season or the other way around? And uh, all yeah. five of those teams looking for head coaches were kind of in a, a waiting pattern. But then this week, things started to happen. Tell us about that, Josh. Who started this ball game?
1: Well, right here we have um, Michael Flohrer, who Brandon knows pretty well. Well, Michael um, Flores
0: is OC. Let's go head coach first. Yeah, okay. let's, let's, let's start with coach. those. Um, who was the first one to hire?
1: Panthers hired uh, Frank Reich like right after we started talking about it last week, like That's an hour right. after.
0: An hour after we were off of the air. We get this announcement. Frank Reich is now a Panther, so uh, he landed on his feet. I'm glad for Frank. I was, I liked yeah. Frank, as you know. Uh, I've been my fantasy team has been the Reich stuff that will change now. <laughs> I am not going to be the Reich stuff rooting for the Panthers. That's just not going to happen. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy for Frank Reich. Um, I don't know how well he'll do there. We'll we'll see. Uh, I liked him as a person a lot. Sometimes I was wondering at his call play calling. Sometimes I, I thought, oh maybe maybe I just don't understand. Uh, we'll have to see how that goes. But Frank Reich was the first, the first domino to fall. Uh, he wasn't the one everybody was waiting on, though. There were a couple no. others that were more sought after. I, I know that Denver was looking both at D'Amico Ryans and Jim Harbaugh, and they flew out. Even though Jim said, I'm going back to Michigan, I'm not going to be doing NFL, they still flew out and had another all-day conversation with him uh, just before they ended up making a totally different move because D'Amico Ryans kind of started this whole cascade, and he went, Where?
1: John Howard went back to Michigan, and Sean Payton was traded from... No, traded no,
0: start with D'Amico. D'Amico. Oh,
1: yeah, D'Amico Ryans came after San Francisco last. D'Amico Ryans is hired by the Texans as their head coach on Tuesday.
0: So he chose. He was the one that started this whole domino effect. Uh, he was being pursued both by the Broncos and by the Texans and by some other teams, but he chose to go to the Texans where he played for several years, right? That's yep. Was that where yep. he was drafted? Mm-hmm. way back in 2006, something like that. Uh, he went back there. And uh, when he did that, Denver like almost immediately had an announcement of their own because they got together with, and you were getting ready to say this, Josh. Yep. Uh,
1: they got together with Sean Payton or the, and the saints technically, but they mm-hmm. traded the saints trade or I guess traded him. And the Broncos hired him to um, the Broncos for a 23, 2023 first round pick. So, the Broncos all don't have any capital in the draft anymore because of Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. And then a 2024 second-round pick for Sean Payton and a third-round pick.
0: So uh, we had those two. Let's quickly uh, name the other coach. There was a, see, Frank Reich. Oh, that's it. There are still two teams out, Arizona and Colts, still undecided, still doing interviews. Uh, let's talk about these three, though. Let's talk about like who we thought did a good job and and just what we thought of each one. Let's start with the the easy one, Frank Reich. I don't think I really had any feelings about this. I it wasn't I know, like Frank Reich was like in my mind it wasn't like he was the sought after gotta have this guy, but no, the Panthers but went I like them.
1: it. I like it. And I mean, I would have rather had them have no not have them, but I mean, I would have been fine if they as a Panthers fan. If I was a Panthers fan, I would have been fine with him keeping uh the guy, the interim guy, Steve Wilkes, because he they were like one and six or two and seven or whatever, and he almost led them to division. So, I mean, at least he was in the running. I got he deserves another spot somewhere, but he's not there anymore because, you know, he got passed up, so he's just kind of mutually parted ways. But I like Frank Reich's public position on this one. So Frank Reich, easily an offensive guy, you know, back in his playing days you know, in the NFL quarterback and then with the Colts and Eagles. always been an offensive guy. If they can get a like a a valuable quarterback or, like, you know, consistent quarterback play, I feel like they could be dangerous if he does the right moves.
0: He did say something in his uh press conference about, like, it was hard to really get going when we had so many different quarterbacks. That wasn't the exact language, but mm-hmm. something along those lines. And he, he's right, man. He dealt with, you know, Andrew Luck, who then retired. Phillip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett and Matt Carson Ryan wins. and Carson Wentz and just uh, kind of a constant changing. It is hard to get something rolling so yeah Brandon you look like you have something to say about that
2: well uh I mean Frank Reich has historical impact with Carolina as well yeah that's that's where he played he scored their first ever touchdown first like the franchise's touchdown and so I I felt like the hiring was based more off of the historical value of it from the Panthers perspective or it had more of a more of a weight in their decision yeah, Maybe there was some way significance way
0: there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when uh, when Josh said, oh, yeah, he was, a, he was an offensive coach for a minute, I had to think, oh, yeah, he was an offensive coach. Uh, granted, I'm going to give him the fact that our quarterback was constantly changing, but our offense has not been our strong suit in the Frank Reich era after yeah. Andrew Luck. Uh, our defense has been stronger. And so, like, for a moment, I forgot that he was an offensive-minded coach. That'll come back when we begin to talk about – Who I want for the Colts. We'll come back. I
1: was was about to ask you that. Uh, Let's save that.
0: We'll save that for the end. Let's move on then to uh, the D'Amico Ryan's decision. So he went to Texas. What do you guys think about D'Amico Ryan's his future as a head coach? What do you think about his future now that he's with the Texans? What do you think will or can happen?
2: I'll tell you one person that was very excited for this, and it was very public on Twitter, J.J. Watt.
0: Yes, he was.
2: Um, Because they played together. And then he posted that he was super excited for this franchise to have D'Amico Ryans now representing them as their head coach. And he got a lot of hate about it from Arizona.
0: Yeah. And he even posted, he's like, Hey, uh, I can still love Arizona, but like have feelings for a city that meant a lot to me and a franchise that meant a lot to me and all that stuff. The
2: dude's retired. What does it matter?
0: Right. Yeah. And he was the second team. He wasn't there nearly as long as he was in Houston. But hmm. I mean, I get it. Uh, people still get after Peyton for like all of his love for Denver, uh, yeah. when uh, you know he went there and he won a Super Bowl with Denver. But you know, we still feel like you should have some loyalty toward Indy. Anyway.
1: Yeah, I like the move. Honestly, I mean, I only the only thing I see wrong with this is they need to figure out their offense to succeed. You know what I mean? Like they have they, don't, they have uncertain quarterback, which they'll probably answer in the, in the second pick or the first pick, whatever they do. Um, they have to build an offensive around whoever the quarterback is and whatever the offense they have because D'Amico Ryans you know we've already said just like Frank Reich was a, was a, a linebacker was, has a defensive mindset he's not gonna, I don't think he's going to pull that Shanahan you know that Shanahan coaching that Shanahan offense back with him because he because he's a defensive guy so he's going to have to find his own system and have it work around with these all these players Where it's going to be hard because he's a defensive guy to get the offense rolling it unless he has somebody else doing that for him you know what I mean
2: Yeah, I don't think he's going to be calling plays. I I would highly doubt he's calling the offensive plays. I think they get a pretty solid O.C. in there to do that for him.
0: I think that's the big question. Who is going to be his offensive coordinator? That's something we'll keep our eye on because we haven't heard yet. Uh, You're right. he He did great defensive stuff with the 49ers. Constantly right changing guys, guys being hurt, and he never once blinked. Man, that that defense stayed strong. So that's going to bode well. But we've got the number one, or not the number one, the n- number two because um, Levy Smith made sure of that. Uh, the number two overall pick <laughs> in the draft, and uh, they're going to get a quarterback. Um, and we'll be debating that, I'm sure, for a month or so after the Super Bowl's over. Uh, Just who will be the first quarterback off the board and who will get what player. But uh, they're going to get a quarterback, probably one they really like. They've got other draft picks. Uh, That's not the only draft pick they have. They have a a lot of draft capital from the the trades that have happened in the past. Uh, And they're going to have new coaching stuff. So there's going to be some expectations, but everyone will still give them the benefit of the doubt for some growing pains. Uh, I think it's going to be a good situation for D'Amico Ryans. Let's hope. Because so, the Texans haven't had like a lot of coaches that have lasted a long time.
1: So Brandon mentioned a offensive coordinator. They're not actually not. I just looked it up because they're not bringing somebody new in. They have um, Pat Hamilton as an offensive coordinator, which uh, Matt you probably know a lot about. Twenty thirteen and twenty fifteen offensive coordinator in the the high, the, I guess the prime of Andrew Luck.
0: He was Stanford guy yes uh, oc i think with andrew luck made sense for him to come with andrew luck yeah. i don't know how great he's been without andrew luck i guess we'll was, i mean um, we've seen him with davis mills and it's been it like just, yeah
1: davis mitt yeah just notable i guess why he was a quarterback's coach for LA recently quarterback's coach for la in 2020 and then with the texans since 2021 but um I'd like to see what he can do, especially with the new head coach, but I'd like to see what they can do with an actual quarterback. You know what I mean? They're not they're not rotating quarterbacks like the Colts have been doing, or having like some guy brought in like um like Carson Wentz, you know, just to bridge that gap like the commanders are doing until they find a real guy, you know what I mean? I'd like to see what they can do with the real quarterback before I judge. I think Pep I was, was gone. Now.
0: Pep was gone before Carson Wentz ever got here. Yeah, fortunately he for him. 13. Yeah, fortunately. <laughs> he doesn't have that mark on his resume. But uh, yeah, so they're keeping Pep. Okay. Uh, Pep, a lot of people like like him and, and have a lot of
2: um,
0: expectation for him. So maybe that can be good uh, with D'Amico on the other side of the ball. One thing the Texans never were able to do was stop other people from scoring. So uh, yeah. I think that'll be big in itself. All right, let's move on then. So The Broncos spurned, could not get D'Amico Ryans, could not get Jim Harbaugh. And so then immediately they pivoted and went to New Orleans. New Orleans then made a deal. They got rid of basically the rest of their draft picks that they might have had from any sort of trades or anything. And now they've got huge contract for Russell Wilson for several years. They got a huge contract for Sean Payton. They've given up all their first round picks for the foreseeable future and their second round picks. Uh, do you think this team's going to be any good, and do you think Sean Payton stepped into a good situation or not?
1: I think Sean Payton. I don't know if they have his contract. I think he's up. Like I don't know if they re-signed him to an extension. I think he's up after this year. They'll probably work on it sometime. But I believe this is like the best case scenario for the Broncos. Like you know, we all saw Russell Wilson did. He did bad. You know, we don't, that wasn't not the Russell Wilson renew of the past of Seattle. And Sean Payton's been the same guy that's been behind. Um, True, but uh, Drew Brees, Tony Romo um, with the Cowboys, and then before that was with the Giants in like the early 2000s. So Wait. Revitalized.
0: Sean Payton was with the Cowboys when Tony Romo was there?
1: 2003-2005, um, assistant head coach and quarterbacks coach.
0: Sean Payton? Why do I feel yeah. like he was with New Orleans at that time?
1: He was with, He was hired as New Orleans coach in 06.
0: That was the year, huh? 06. Wow. I, I don't think I realized that, that he was there. So he's Romo. been behind...
1: So he's been behind. He's also an EIU guy, so, you know, props to him. But but he's he's been behind all these quarterbacks that, you know, we all thought, you know, the Chargers scripted, scripted, wrote um, Drew Brees off, you know, injuries. You know, he's not coming back. Sean Payton made something worth the debris, Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl win, you know, all these passing records. Same thing with Tony Romo, undrafted player, third string quarterback, all these other things he made his way up to the, you know. (laughs) No
0: Super Bowl win. Maybe only one playoff win, right? (laughs) Did he even get a playoff win? Tony Romo.
1: I probably so. Maybe a couple. I think he did. I, I, I feel don't like think he, he did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he did either. I think uh, between him and Dak Prescott, they have one playoff win. Isn't that right? <laughs> and it was this year. <laughs> this year. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, Tony Romo uh, did have a lot of. Uh... No, he has two. Tony Romo has two playoff wins?
1: He went um, playoff wise. 2006, um, he didn't play. Actually, he started that game, sorry. He played, he lost. He played, he lost in 07. He played in 09. He won one game and lost one game. So I believe Omega did, they made it to the divisional round. Oh, 14, 2014. They made it to the divisional round because they beat the Lions off that bull crap, picked up, uh, picked up um, offensive pass interference against the Lions, and then they lost next week because of the dead catch.
0: So they had a bye week and they won one. So he's won one or two, you say? And two, then um, Dak won one. one two. That's three. So the statistic I saw was uh, Purdy... Is it Brock? Or he has
1: more? Yeah, he has more of the same.
0: Because he won three this year, right? Or he has as yes. many? Yeah. Or, yeah. Crazy. All right. So he was behind Tony Romo, who did have a couple playoff wins. Uh, he was behind Drew Brees, who had all kinds of success. And uh, I
1: think this is a good move. I mean, I don't think, I don't think in any world you should actually trade that much for a coach. You know, twenty twenty a first and a second, and then you get a third back, but. I think the Broncos are in desperation mode, where they just like, all right, you know, we, all, we already gave it all this up. Russell Wilson, we have him for the next like five or six years or whatever it is. You know, we're not gonna are not gonna lose Russell Wilson. We're not gonna you know lose you know give away his contract because we can't. Nobody's wanting to take it. So let's just try to make it better. You know what I mean? Here's
2: here's the deal that I foresee. Depending on how the Super Bowl match out comes this year, if the Eagles win, we're gonna see teams throwing stuff away left and right all over the place doing this all in mentality you can argue that's what the uh, buccaneers did when tom brady came to town they went all in you can rams. argue the next year the rams did that they went all in mm-hmm. they had nothing the eagles win this year they went all in this past off season and they won the super bowl every team is going to go into this all-in mentality and throw everything away i think the broncos are the next team to do it and then after that i think it's the bears
0: I do I not the Bears, think the Broncos are going to win the Super Bowl next year.
2: No, 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 not win it. I think they're the next team to go all in. Okay. I thought you, I thought you were hooking those, to those together. Wear, yeah. All in and the win, the no, no, no. The win the Super Bowl. No, 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 not win the Super Bowl. But it, it's 100%. this all in thing. Yeah, the Bears are the next team to do
1: it, I think. They just have new GM, new head coach from like this past year. They have the first round pickers they can easily, because they already, they've already said they're going to go with Justin Fields. They're going to try to probably trade like, the pick, you know, get a, more pack capital out of it and get the same first round. And they have like 150 million in cap space. There's no way they're not going all
2: in. Yeah, they're, they're definitely going to overpay for someone named DeAndre Hopkins, but that's a you know a personal opinion.
0: <laughs> Maybe they'll also get uh, Devontae Adams. Get both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: I would never watch football again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. I could be proven wrong. It could be a case where Sean Payton makes the difference for Russell Wilson, like schemes it better for him than Nathaniel Hackett could. But I have a doubt that Russell Wilson is still at the elite level that he always was.
2: Think, think about the the level Drew Brees was at last six years of his career. Usually you know, there was... There was no pass over like 30 yards. Everything was just slants. It was a very simple offense, but it was effective. And so, did we see the Broncos go to a pretty simple and effective offense? They have uh, a pretty good Drew Brees,
0: core. Drew Brees wasn't always running first and throwing on the run. Yeah. He was very good at staying in the pocket and uh, being able to just like take those little short throws. I don't know if Russell Wilson can like discipline himself not to roll out like the first two seconds of every play
2: it's really possible but if someone can whip him into shape I think Sean Payton's that guy yeah
1: sure. me too what I really love to see is is um, John Elway and then the Walmart guy the owner of the Broncos now I guess um, mm-hmm. You know, at the press conference and then Russell Wilson's standing there he's like introducing our new head coach and Russell Wilson's doing it and, Ru- and Sean Payton walks up and they're all together both of them together Russell Wilson and Sean Payton's like Broncos country? that's right. that's all I want to
2: see
0: that's all. You have low expectations, my friend. <laughs> low desires in life. All I want to see. the
2: high point of their season. Yeah, that's <laughs> <And>, right. <ride. laughs> and it
0: would be, maybe. All right, so that was, uh, that was Denver. So we, we've talked about the three that are filled. Let's talk about the two that are not. We've got the Arizona Cardinals. I still have no clue who is the front runner for them. And then there's the Colts. I have no clue who's the front runner for them, although I have definite opinions. Uh,
2: I uh, th- there's a guy I like that I I don't want to go to the Colts. Hey, uh, Rich Bisaccia, which uh, I I think mm-hmm. that's probably a guy Matthew would favor because he's a he's a very much old school for the player kind of coach, and he did relatively well in his short stint as interim head coach in Vegas as well. Is he Green the uh,
0: the old guy? The
2: guy? Yeah. yeah, he he's the Packers special teams coordinator right now.
0: Yeah, no, I don't want to see him go to the Colts either.
2: Yeah, I, I want to see him stay in Green Bay. Uh, but he's he's got a sec- he had a second interview with the Colts. He's on their short list.
0: I mean, when you talk about Green Bay special teams, it's a mixed bag. It's not like well, they've been was, amazing for a long time. It,
2: it was it was way on the upcline. Way on the upcline. They you can't deny that. You can't well, deny that. You this can't, past
0: season. You can say that it ended better than it started <laughs> and you can say that Sometimes things are an aberration. I don't know that I have enough data points to say, I feel like that guy's the answer, <laughs> to be honest. I
2: like, I like him as a coach a lot, and I do not want to see him leave Green Bay. And That is very much a shared statement. You can have Joe Barry as your head coach. I will gladly give you
0: I a also Barry. do not want Joe Barry. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell you the guys I do want. And uh, I, I realize this, this sounds bad uh, in a way. I want an offensive-minded head coach because we have not had a good offense. And I know that Frank Reich, as I just remembered earlier, evidently was an offensive guy, but he evidently was not for this offense, the guy. And so I look at um, Shane from Philadelphia. What's his last name? Stikton. Uh like that. They have had a pretty potent offense all year. Mm-hmm. And I would be, I would be happy seeing him come in. You know, uh, there is another guy who is an offensive guy, um, Callahan. Say, um, Who's yeah, he with? The
1: Bengals. He was interviewed yesterday. The Bengals. He was interviewed yesterday. Everybody's like, do not let him leave the building. Sign him right there. I would and like. I think that's. A, I think that's the best move.
0: I would like to see him um, because he's had some offensive success. And the third one, this is the one that everybody's going to hate. Maybe Jeff Saturday. And I know that he lost seven games. I'm not, I'm not sold. I'm not saying I want, want Jeff Saturday. But I'm saying above all these defensive head coaches, I feel like with Gus Bradley there, which we may or may not have, I feel like we, our defense has been good. What we haven't had is an offense. And Jeff Saturday hasn't really proven to me that he can run the offense. But also I agree. I think he, coming in the middle of the year, he was more hobbled than even – you know, the Panthers guy um, who didn't lose his offensive coordinator and play caller and had Mm -hmm. nobody on the offensive side of the ball doing anything. Uh, I would like to, I would like to see one of those three. Uh, And I, I was most excited about, you know, the Philly and the Bengals guys, but Jeff Saturday is still in there for me. And I would not be upset if Jeff Saturday is our coach now, halfway through the year, if we're one and seven, you might hear a different tune out of me and I'm not going to like lie and say that that would never happen. (laughs) But, uh, there's also part of me that maybe it's the hometown love. I just can't get over. Maybe it's his personality. I really like his kind of, you know, where Frank would always kind of on his press conferences, if you guys watch, you'd always be like, uh, we got to go back and look at the tape. I'm not sure, you know, that's on me and it was always just so calm and always the same kind uh, Jeff Saturday, was like, man, that's unacceptable. That can't be. We've got to change some things. And it was just like this, just the attitude uh, that I was looking for.
1: I really feel where, like you were saying, I I wouldn't open, like as a non Colts fan, but as a you know as a person wanting someone to succeed, I wouldn't mind seeing Saturday, you know, go back because I feel like recently with you know offensive corners and defensive corners coming in, you know, calling their own plays, you know what I mean, and or whatever. Where the head coaches is, I feel like head coaches nowadays, a lot of them are just player guys, you know what I mean? And trying to, you know, motivate the players and, you know, make a game game personnel for the offensive corners where the offensive corners, they just call the plays and they handle that stuff, you know what I mean? And I feel like Jeff Saturday fits that perfect head coach role. The players coach, you know, going in and motivating the players, you know, giving the play calling duties to the offensive coordinator, whoever he, whoever did. He needs somebody States better than Parks
0: Frazier exactly. who took over. Exactly. Uh, just kind of like everybody in the building who was asked, turned it down except Parks Frazier. <laughs> uh, nothing against Parks. He did a great job of like, trying to come into something he wasn't ready for, just like Jeff Saturday did. But I think they need to get somebody in there for an offensive coordinator who is able yeah. to, like, put together plays better.
1: If you put, like, an all, quote unquote, all-star, you know, if someone like someone with better experience, that offensive coordinator, in that position for the Colts, and you put Jeff Saturday back at a coach, I think that team can actually, you know, and they get a quarterback that can, you know, not work to quarterbacks. If they get a quarterback in an offensive line, I think that team can actually get excel because they have the defense, they have Pittman, they have Taylor, they just need that those two pieces, and then you know
2: those two coaches, and they're I think they're rolling. Yeah, I, I think the big issue in the NFL today is no one is patient, and so Jeff Saturday's short stint was not Jeff Saturday's culture in Indianapolis. Right. That was Frank Reich's culture with Jeff Saturday running it, mm-hmm. and so everyone's going to view it as out, outside of the you know Matthew's mind is it was a massive failure, but he was trying to operate something that wasn't his, and so. I want to see what it looks like giving him full reign for a season and see how it works out. And if at the end of the season you're you know, first overall pick in the draft because you sucked, yeah, move on from that because it obviously did not work. But give him the time and let him build something and show him what you can do. Teams move on way too fast when they don't give people Mm -hmm. the proper resources that they need.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of indie fans who are just – dead set against Saturday. Um, So it's not just people outside of this organization, but uh, I hope here's the thing. Uh, If on the other hand, like this Shane Steikton or however you say his last name or uh, Callahan from um, Cincinnati, uh, if either one of them like are great, I would hate to miss our chance just because we want to stick with Saturday. But I also want to give Saturday the chance. So I'm kind of, I would be pleased with any of those three as a hire. Uh, What I hope doesn't happen is that we go with a defensive coach and we end up being the most boring, dead offense again for like the hundredth year in a row since Andrew Luck retired.
2: Or a special teams coach from Green Bay. I would also hate to see that.
0: I also would hate to see that.
2: (laughs) I'd be happy for you, but I would hate to see it.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, uh, we also interviewed our special teams, Bubba Ventrone, Um, and I don't, he's a good guy, guy, but I don't want him necessarily as our head coach. I don't think I want him to stay as our special teams coach. So (laughs) anyway, so, uh, let's flip over to the Arizona Cardinals. We haven't said anything about them. What the heck is going to happen there? What should happen there? Do we have any idea?
2: I have no idea with Arizona. It's, uh, that organization needs a handful of work. I don't. I don't think they're just a coach away from being a serious contender. Um, they no. they need a coach that's going to come in and, and build something up for a while. Uh, probably, I'd say a minimum of two seasons before they're like a serious, scary team. Uh, and it some of that, you know, takes work from internal leadership from the players. And I think that kind of starts with Kyler. Uh, but DeAndre Hopkins is leaving. Who else do they have there? You're not going to rely on A.J. Green as a receiver one.
0: No. And Fitzgerald's been gone a while, but A.J. Green, yeah. I I thought, I guess I didn't realize he was still with him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been the Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins show. DeAndre Hopkins... M- Probably ninety percent will not be there this this upcoming season. JJ Watt, while his stints were short, he was still effective when he was on the field. But he's now gone he's now out.
0: too. And but he
2: was also a huge leader in that locker room.
0: Not to mention the coach and the GM are going to be new. Um, it's like everybody. I guess they're probably going to have different coordinators depending on who their coach and GM mm-hmm. bring in. It's just going to be it's going to be a new year for them, which can look for excitement coming, but you're right. I don't think they're just like a piece or two away. I think they're Mm -hmm. in total rebuild. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, now we can go on to some of those other teams, offensive coordinator positions, defensive coordinator. You started to talk about the Rams and Mike LaFleur, Josh.
1: Yep. So as Brandon knows, I mean, he was the one that was advocating, hey, the Colts should hire this guy before he was fired by their mutually parted ways, as you'd say. By the Jets. And then about a week later, he was hired by the Rams as their offensive coordinator.
0: So we'll see if uh, he actually has some, like, uh, once he has some better players. Although they were starting to get some players there with the Jets. They just didn't have the quarterback. Yeah. And so let's see what happens with That's Matthew happen. Stafford. Yeah. I, I
2: was I was a bit confused that he had accepted this position with the Rams. Why is that? This this is nothing against Sean McVay. I love Sean McVay. But when he was with New York and they mutually parted ways, he was calling the plays. You know who calls the plays with the Rams? Sean McVay. McVay. Sean McVay. That was the whole reason Matt Lafleur left. not, Not because he doesn't like Sean McVay, but because he needed an opportunity to prove himself. He went to the Titans and called plays for them before he went to green bay what and if so i would have thought he would have chose somewhere to do that but is this a sign that sean mcveigh is stepping away from play calling
0: what if instead sean mcveigh said i'm going to be here for a year and then i'm gonna i'm gonna advocate that you step up to the head coaching position and i'm gonna leave
2: yeah that would be wild that would be That's wild.
1: Probably, probably the same thing would happen oh we didn't put that in we'll talk about that later um <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> Threw you right into a silence there, didn't it? <laughs> You're yeah. like,
2: whoa!
0: I don't. But know
1: anyway,
2: you. we'll talk about that later. But um, yeah, I
1: mean, it's just kind of like interesting, kind of all these, like what, like what Eric Bieniemy does. I mean, I know a lot of teams have been tar- targeting Eric Bianami in the past and recently the head coach. I mean, I doubt he calls the plays. I bet he's just there, to, you know, put personnel in, you know, kind of. And Andy Reid calls the plays, you know and I mean, he's been doing that for the last 15 or so years. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But Eric Bieniemy also hasn't been hired because. Yeah lack of play calling experience, probably. And mm-hmm. They're like, uh, Andy Reid's the one I'd that does that.
1: He, I'd say he probably gets one guy, you know, one team or somewhere. I know the clear man was interviewing him some, at some time, but I'd imagine at some point some team gives him a chance. And, you know, if he does well, yeah, you because know, he's from the injury Reid, Reid coaching tree, you know what I mean? He might succeed.
0: You hope he would pick up something being around all that. Mm-hmm. So the Rams are taking a taking a a chance on Mike LaFleur. Going to see if he can do, Mike LaFleur maybe is taking a chance on the Rams to see where that goes uh dolphins though hired vic fangio which if if you remember uh sean payton was putting together his all-star team uh if he got hired as a coach and vic fangio was who he had pegged as his defensive coordinator for that all-star team that's not going to happen in denver evidently so he is with uh, the dolphins did that happen before or after the sean payton deal
2: i think before before. i I thought so too but here's what happens. Here's here's what happens. Now that the Broncos are going all in, they trade a fourth-round pick for Vic Fangio. Bring him over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. It sounds like something that the Broncos would do. But <laughs> as far as we know, Vic Fangio is going to be in Miami uh, working with the Dolphins, trying to help them stop the Bills every year there in the East. And I guess maybe the Patriots. I, don't, I think the mm-hmm. Jets now, they have some pieces, but I think they're still questioning what is our quarterback. And uh, I think until they get that figured out, it's like the Colts. You can have like lots of good pieces, and it's just not adding up to a team. Like right. Yeah. Uh, Panthers, we talked about hired Frank Reich. Cowboys and Kellen Moore parted ways, right? So He was their offensive coordinator. Yeah. That mutually part ways thing happened, but then he was immediately signed by the Chargers, right?
2: It, it was what yeah. a six minute difference. Someone had said. <laughs> I'd say an
0: hour. yes.
1: about an hour. So so yeah, it I've was been, I've been something like you know. I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna take positions. I'm just gonna leave. And then lies to the whole Cowboys organization as some sort of like, I don't know, one more. I don't know, one more parting gift or whatever. And he's like, all right, the charters want me. I'm gonna take it. Makes they you wonder
0: get, if the I Cowboys. Feel like something was lined up. Gonna make you wonder if the Cowboys file a tampering charge here. Uh, before long maybe does that ha- does it, that apply to coaches it does right is
2: that's well yeah. is it in, is it in the script that's the question that that's the question. Is, is, it, is
0: the question we'll have to ask arian foster if that was in the script
2: well he, he doesn't get scripts anymore we gotta we gotta talk to this current regime
0: <laughs> uh the current regime jimmy g who uh, was the starter i think at the beginning of this year if we can remember all the way back to the beginning of the regular season
2: Trey Man, Lance the was the starter. They, yeah. You're right. It. But <laughs> he
0: hurt himself Roblox. and Jimmy G oh, yeah. came back. Josh and then they Johnson. looked they looked incredibly smart because, you know, everybody assumed Jimmy G was going to be gone. And they ended up re-signing him. And we're like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. They've got Trey Lance. And then we're like, oh, they were so smart. But then Jimmy G comes back for a little bit. He gets hurt. And then we had the Brock Purdy, you know, story up until he got hurt. Boy, they in have game, a problem yeah. with their quarterbacks getting hurt, don't they? You know
1: what happened, though? And then you know what happened in that game? Josh Johnson came in to back up, back up, back up. He gets hurt with a concussion. And all that they, they put they at first they were gonna put, you know, they didn't have quarterbacks left. They put we were gonna put Christian McCaffrey in as their emergency guy. They put Brock Purdy in. All they did was run the ball the whole game. The rest of well, the game.
2: Yeah. Brock Purdy had a, a shoulder injury. A C L or not
1: M C L it's like M C L sprain or shoulder, something like that. U C L he he
2: got he got surgery and he's out until like the, the first couple weeks camp. of the regular yeah. season, right? I don't think he can yeah. do training camp. I think it was eight months he's out.
0: Man, he was looking so promising, too. What a way to end on an injury. You would they, like to they, have seen him be healthy and, like, win that game.
2: They had announced that he was going to be their starting quarterback come the regular season.
0: Yeah, like and that's now,
2: that's some serious stuff right there.
0: <laughs> now Trey Lance gets another shot at life, right? Yeah, <laughs> he mm-hmm. was beginning and, to look like big trade injured. bait. Yeah. yeah,
2: And so I, I think uh, Jimmy G is definitely out of San Francisco. I think the debate yeah. is Trey Lance or Brock Purdy, depending on how Brock Purdy comes, or depending how the script says Brock Purdy comes back from this injury. So, yeah. I want to I want to chat about this really quick. What teams? And I, I, I'm going to exclude the Colts from this because Matthew doesn't want to talk about it. So no, no Colts talk here. What teams are looking for a quarterback that Jimmy Garoppolo could fit in?
1: You know, I was thinking about this too. And, well, Raiders gone. So let's say the Rod that Rodgers goes to the Jets, just like Brett Favre did. You know, the whole Packers saga is going to continue.
2: Yeah, um, the script. Yep.
1: Yep. Um, I think Jimmy Garoppolo goes to the Raiders. And if not... I believe, I mean, there's been talks with the commanders, like, not with him, but with commanders, like, but how how is our guy been telling offensive commanders, how, old is, our guy, how old is our guy for next year? I think that they sign him like, kind of like if Heidi does not come back. I think they sign him at like, um, like a, vet, not a veteran minimum, but a low deal, not like a starting quarterback that, you know, like five, 10 million, whatever. Wait, so who are you talking
0: about him? here? Carr or Garoppolo? Garoppolo?
1: Okay. Garoppolo. I say, I think if he doesn't go to the Raiders, Garoppolo does not go to the Raiders. I think that the, Commanders have a chance, I think they should look at signing him to a veteran minimum dealer's, you know, five, ten million dollars as a veteran presence backup in case Hal gets injured or to you know, to mentor Howie, you know what I mean?
0: It may cost you more than a vet minimum. There may end up being one of those old fashioned bidding wars where somehow mm-hmm. this guy who's been hurt so much becomes really popular and everybody wants him except the Colts.
2: Right. I, I think I I think this is my prediction he will be a Raider.
0: You think Raider also? Okay.
2: This is why. Same reason I thought Tom Brady was going to be a Raider, is Josh McDaniels has this very specific, very difficult offensive system for just a regular quarterback to come into. Carson Wentz, I think, would absolutely flop. (laughs) Justin Fields, absolutely flop. Uh, Anyone from the NFC North not named Aaron Rodgers would absolutely flop as, as a quarterback in that system. But that's where he got drafted was into this system it was the first nfl system he understood and when tom brady was uh you know suspended for so long for uh, one of his million cheating ways who Mm -hmm. came in and won every single game and looked really really good in that system jimmy garoppolo Mm -hmm. i think he went six and oh six consecutive weeks of winning like that's uh I mean, that's not a small detail to pass up.
0: I totally forgot about the Josh McDaniels connection. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The Raiders have to be looking for not just a guy that can play football, but a guy that is at the highest level of intelligence at the quarterback position. Jimmy Garoppolo is a smart guy. Aaron Rodgers is a smart guy. Tom Brady is a smart guy. Like, that is undeniable. Three of the smartest players at that position.
0: you don't think Aaron Rodgers will end up with the Raiders?
2: Uh, That's still my top pick for Aaron. I I think that's where he ultimately ends up. But assuming that that doesn't go that way, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, perfect for that position. But if Aaron goes there, I think the Jets pick him up. Robert Sala, Jimmy Garoppolo work closely together in San Francisco. They like each other. That's, well, uh, there that's is a, a team. For him as well.
0: There is a team called the Panthers that do not really have their answer at quarterback, and they don't have a high draft pick. I could see them making a push for somebody, and David Tepper is not afraid to spend money. Now, I don't know what their cap stuff looks like, um, mm-hmm. but uh, it makes me wonder if uh, you know Carr could end up there or Garoppolo perhaps Aaron Rodgers. I just don't see Aaron Rodgers in Carolina for some reason. just doesn't. I, I,
2: I think, uh, I mean, it's been, it's been mentioned a few times, you know, Packers are kind of gathering what the trade market for Rodgers would look like. And I don't really think they're looking within the NFC.
0: Right. That would be the thing. Cause, it,
2: cause there is a, there is not a no trade clause in his contract. The Packers can, can say, all right, get out of here. We're sending you wherever we want.
0: And they would probably, now it depends on what kind of relationship they want to keep with this mm-hmm. guy who's been, yeah, but they would probably want to send them to a not good team. Right.
2: They, they, w- they would want to send him somewhere where Aaron feels like he could be playing at his MVP level, but that team is not within the NFC, which is why we look at these teams that are realistically just a quarterback away. I think the Raiders might might just be that quarterback away. They have a, a solid defense, a solid receiving core. Josh Jacobs proved himself as one of the best running backs in football this season. And their offensive line is fairly decent. They're not top yeah. of the line. They're not bottom of the line, but they're right there in the middle. You bring Rodgers in, put some investment into that offensive line, and I, I think you have a, a pretty solid team right there.
0: Think about this. Uh, Deshaun Watson came back for part of the year this year we would hope he would improve with his team next year. And then you have Burrow, Josh Allen, possibly Aaron Rodgers, uh, Patrick Mahomes, this AFC a quarterbacks, yeah. these a- just AFC. I mean, you look yeah. at the AFC quarterbacks and it would be like crazy. Uh, and then you got, you know, Trevor Lawrence uh, on the rise and mm-hmm. uh, some other. it's, it's just uh, nuts how last year we thought the AFC was so stacked and uh, that could continue, could mm-hmm. continue. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about um, if Jimmy G is not back next year, do we think Trey Lance is going to get that nod to start and then Purdy comes in, or do we think Trey Lance will take it?
2: Yeah, I, I think a lot of it, I mean both of them are injured. A lot of it depends on how both of them return from their injuries. Mm-hmm. And so if both of them let's assume nothing goes wrong. We know sometimes things go wrong. Let's assume nothing goes wrong with their injuries. I think they give the nod to Brock Purdy. And they kind of gather what the and kind of gather what the the market would look like before week 8 for Trey Lance because you know there's going to be some some teams out there that aren't really sold on their quarterback this goes again with that idea that the NFL is not patient and they just want success right away and if they don't get it bring in the next person you don't take time to develop that person you don't take time to show that let that person show what they can do you just move on from them and say all right let's just bring in the next guy this other guy is dead to us and so I think they Kind of depending on how these two gentlemen come back from injury. I think they gather that trade market value. I don't know where he would go. It also depends on this, this draft that's here. But I think they start the season with him, wait a couple weeks for Brock Purdy to come back in. I think it was like week three or week four when he's projected right now. And, you know, that can that can become shorter. That can become longer. It all, all depends on how everything goes. Um, but just just see what you get and uh, and, and go
0: from there. But we have seen this 49ers organization is immensely patient when it comes to getting rid of a quarterback and getting the right value or deciding to keep him. And, uh, you know, they gave up a lot for Trey Lance. I can see them being very patient as they decide where he's going to go and what the compensation might be in return if they would let him go. So, or I could mm-hmm. see him signing him back on, just like they did with Garoppolo, when we all thought it was a foregone conclusion that Garoppolo was gone last year. Uh, we know he's gone this year. Head coach has basically said as much, yeah. and has said, "Yeah, I don't see him in our plans." Um, so he's gone. But
2: yeah, if, if I'm if I'm either of those two quarterbacks, I'm very fortunate. I'm playing in San Francisco. Oh yeah, <laughs> I cannot imagine. Uh, I mean, their defense is stellar, and it has been for yeah. years. The and then. Is- How
1: how will it be without D'Amico Ryan? Because he was that guy that coordinated all that stuff.
0: Yeah, things could change. J.J. Watt, coach, defensive coordinator. J.J. Watt sounded like he (laughs) might go to the Texans with D'Amico Ryan if asked.
2: Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of options out there. There's still a lot of really good defensive coordinators out there. I think uh, Brian Flores is still available. Is that correct? He's he's been gathering some. with
1: Minnesota, but, yeah, he is available.
2: Yeah, he, he's been interviewing, but he hasn't oh, yeah. been snatched up yet. Uh, that's a guy that I have a lot of trust in to run a defense. And so if I'm also Brian Flores, I view the San Francisco 49ers with their the best option. D.C. opening as, uh, all right, well, let's go win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's, uh, that's a team that realistically is, you know, I, I don't know if they really need a quarterback with how stacked that offense is. I think you could probably throw whoever you yeah. want in there. That's what and, we were saying last week. And, like and have whole, success. Oh,
1: like You could put like they do with Chris McCaffrey. I mean, they made it work with Debo Samuel at running back like two last or two years ago, whatever. And they yeah. got McCaffrey. They can put anybody in that offense, no matter how. But They could put, probably put... Blake Bortle's in that offense and they shoot. I'll do it. I'll do it. All we got to do is
2: either
1: hand the ball off or throw like a you know a slander a couple times, you know what I mean?
2: And it'll work. Yeah, I can throw 15 yards, that's not a problem. I can't, you
0: know. I can't, so I'm gonna abstain I, I, from that.
2: <laughs> but if they get this this coaching thing figured out, they're, they're, they are the team to beat in the NFC. I, I yeah. don't think they need to go all in. Brian Flores, to me, is a no-brainer. This, this is a guy that understands defenses, understands it at a very high level, and the guy we need. And so if I'm John Lynch, that's the first phone call I'm making, the second D'Amico Ryan's left.
0: We'll mm-hmm. see if uh, if Mr. Lynch agrees with you or not here in the coming days. We've got one more personnel thing to talk about, and that is a retiree for the second time joined the two-time club, according to Gronk. Tom Brady is now, he says, permanently retired. Do you believe well, it? Gone, gone for good. Gone for good. I
1: say, I think this time, yes, I do, and I think, I think so. So when he retired last year. You know, we all thought he'd be gone, and I actually did think he was gone too. And then, you know, news broke out a couple weeks later that, or a week later, that Bruce Arians was retiring too, going to the, uh, the vice president, whatever situation he's in with Bucks now, some sort of front office role. And I think that he talked with Bruce Arians before Bruce Arians retired, and he's like, "All right, I'm reti- Bruce Arians said, "I'm retiring. Todd Bowles is going to come in. You know, we've already been through this. Do you mind coming back for one more season, and you know, just kind of like shaping this offense so that it revolves around Bruce Todd Bowles more than it would without a quarterback?" And he was like, "Yeah, I can do that." And that's why I think he came back. Not being, you know, what you know, he lost his marriage. It was a bad decision, As of now, but at the beginning, you know, that's what I think happened. I didn't. I think he planned on staying retired, and then everything happened with Bruce Arians. And he decided to come back to help out the offense.
0: I disagree. I feel like he was competitive and came back. And because he came back, Bruce Arians kind of moved out of that role. Uh, and everything unfolded the way it did. And now he's retiring because he has other options. And he sees that this is probably not going to happen again, the Super Bowl. I think he thought he could win another Super Bowl. And I think he was greedy. Mm-hmm. Before
2: we move on, Rappaport just dropped this news on the Colts. Let's hear it. Uh oh.
1: So it is a, um, it a source. It's not Adam Shepard.
2: Yeah. So there is a third round of interviews for the head coaching position. Third round. Third round. Now I don't I don't know who's in there, but it looks like uh,
0: the Lions DC is involved Aaron, in there.
1: Aaron Glenn is involved. Yeah. I was no,
0: please no. No thanks. They Imagine, they take your they, they take made your a pick. lot of they 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 put up a <laughs> lot of points, which made me excited about us interviewing their offensive coordinator. But they also gave up more points in a mm-hmm. lot of games, and I don't want that defensive coordinator as yeah, our head coach. The first
2: half of the season, they had the number one
0: offense and the number one worst
2: defense. Yeah. Yep. I don't know why so, so he made
0: the third round. No, please no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Before
1: we move on, just so we can clip it later, in just case, that you're right. What do you? Who do you think gets hired as the final head? Coach? Like final head coach, you know who who gets hired.
0: I have no idea. I, I told you the three that I'd be good with, yeah. and uh, yeah. I think that's as far as I can go. I'd be good with any of those three. I can't say I think this guy or I think that guy. Uh, I'll, I'll make you a deal. Okay, I'll make
2: you a deal. Instead of getting the Lions DC, you can have Joe Barry.
0: I and already sure, told hey. you, no thank you to Joe Barry. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you're like you don't but want please defensive coordinator either i don't know i don't i don't want any defensive minded coach uh nothing against the defense i think we have an okay defense i think we need an offensive minded coach i think we need somebody who says we're going to get out there and score early and often and we're just going to put the pedal to the metal and never look back that's just not been the colts so either late late starts or early starts and then like nothing in the second half and it's just like we need to go all the time all right. Well, third round for the for the Colts sounds like they're going to take their time and be very thorough. Well, let's hope they make a good decision, one that I'm happy with. Uh, hey, let's move on to uh, before we move on to looking at last week's games, real quickly. AFL it seems is planning to return in 24. XFL and USFL or something USFL. like that is AIFL, is going is. Yeah. is going, going this year. year. So there might be some spring football. Uh, to get a little bit interested, it's hard to do until they at least have two seasons under their belt, because every time yeah. I get excited and then halfway through a season or after one season, they close the doors. Well,
1: and you can't blame the last time it happened because everybody canceled during COVID. So, I mean, you know, they're not they're not the powerhouse NFL. Is, so they kind of had to cancel. They didn't have the funds. you know? Right. So I'm excited to see what it does with, you know, post non non pandemic.
0: Let's hope. I love, love having extra football. Hey, let's go back and look at some of the games, some. There were only two. Two games happened this last week. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about them uh, and what we thought about them. Let's start with 49ers and Eagles. This was the one I said, personally, uh, either team could win and I'd be happy. Uh, I, I like Nick Sirianni. Uh, he was an OC for the Colts. He went and uh, he's in Philly and I like seeing him succeed. Uh, I also like the 49ers and would have loved to see them win. So I was happy either way, but you guys had more definite feelings. I think you both were pulling 49ers, not necessarily for the Eagles. What do you think about this game?
2: I was extremely disappointed. disappointed. Not, not, I mean, not because of the uh, – yes, because of the outcome of the game, but not because of the outcome of the game. I, I was on the 49ers back this whole postseason – like rooting for brock purdy brock purdy gets injured and we, we brought this up earlier when we were talking about jimmy g yep. and he was just jimmy g was on the sidelines smiling knowing he was just making a bunch of money and that was his last game there <laughs> and then they bring in the backups backups backup to play he gets a concussion he goes out they're like oh let's get christian mccaffrey to play quarterback and we were texting about this during mm-hmm. the game and we're like, this is, this is insane. This should not be happening. And then they're like, oh, we'll throw Brock Purdy back in there, even though he can't throw. So we're just going to hand the ball off and yeah. hope for the best. And it was not, not – if I was Kyle Shanahan, I know I have a much more creative playbook. I would let Debo Samuel throw the ball, which we've seen him throw like sixty yard touchdown passes mm. these past couple seasons and not look too bad. And so I would be varying who I'm putting at offense. I'm just gonna get as smart as I can with this offense and just play backyard football.
0: Instead. Like, it was handoff, handoff, it. handoff.
2: But yeah, it's uh oh my gosh. I uh it was so stressful. Congratulations, you know, Philly. You just destroyed a team with a a monster defense so that makes me really scared for what you're going to do in the Super Bowl against a Kansas City defense that's not as good
0: it makes me happy for what they might do in the Super Bowl if they can do it because I hate and this is a preview for what's what I'm going to say about the next games but I hate the Chiefs you do you hate Patrick Mahomes how, like how, how, i hate how everybody hate on andy the chiefs Reed? uh andy Reid's okay andy i don't have the hate but most of the other people on the chiefs including travis kelsey who's my fantasy tight end who got me so many scores there's an arrogance among those players that i just don't yep. like
2: yeah it's uh it it was a tough game for me to watch as a temporary 49ers fan and uh you know, I, I wish the best for that organization. I don't particularly care for the Philly organization. Like, just hands down, I don't. Now,
0: but who are you rooting bottom. for next week? Well, before you say that, let's, yeah, but, let's let, talk just a bit but, about the other game. Yeah. Bengals-Chiefs. Oh, this one man. I was sorely disappointed in. I was really rooting for the Bengals. I Well, I already kind of let the cat out of the bag that I hate the Chiefs. But I also really love the Bengals. <laughs> Uh, I like Joe Burrow. I like che, I like that organization. You know, coming up from the ashes that they've been in for so long, and they almost did back to back going to the Super Bowl. Right? Didn't make it.
2: Yeah, it's just, it, I mentioned this earlier on when the uh, when we were. I wasn't here last week talking about it, but the Wild Card weekend. I said I think the most exciting Super Bowl is the 49 ers Bengals, and we're getting the exact opposite of that.
0: Yep, mm-hmm.
2: Eagles Chiefs, and uh, mm-hmm. watching the end of this game, I was, I was very angry, with the officiating. Yeah, and, and we we don't want to blame oh, yeah. the rest for everything, Me too. but it's like, hey, let's let's give them instead of having it fourth and nine or fourth and five or whatever, let's give them another chance at third and nine. What part of script? What? <laughs> it, yeah,
1: it was part of the script.
2: And then a, a bunch of really weird calls just back to back to back all benefiting the chiefs not really giving the Bengals any chance and you you saw on the sideline how frustrated the entire Bengals coaching staff was screaming yeah. and getting in the ref's face it's like rightfully so
0: yep yeah and uh last year at this time we were saying man if burrow had an o-line he'd be unstoppable and in the offseason, their big their big focus was let's get him an O line, and we all said that's going to be great. And yet the O line uh, wasn't up to par this game. Uh, put that, you know, on top of the terrible officiating, it just it wasn't what we were hoping to see from Cincinnati.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, for this game, I want to point out as much crap as MVS gets. I. Almost view him and Julian Edelman in the same boat. Julian Edelman did nothing every regular season he played. He was strictly a postseason receiver, and that's when he was effective. And I'll, I'll fight you, Blake Faith, on this. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you out because Blake's belief says he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think he's going to get anywhere close to the Hall of Fame. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. He, he's, I, don't, I don't think he makes it past the first round of hall of fame i don't think was he ever a pro bowler does he even qualify for the hall of fame
1: i'll even look right now because i want to see these stats um no no pro bowls
2: yeah it doesn't qualify for the hall of fame one, automatically one,
1: one super bowl mvp is i think you have it, to his uh most season like his highest yard season was 2019 with one, 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 one seven, so about 1010 1110 his uh most touchdowns in and his season was seven in 2015, and everything else has been six, 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 four, three, yeah.
2: zero. He had zero, a good one.
0: Super Bowl. He had a good postseason, but yeah, yeah, he, he, great postseason receiver.
2: But he also had more opportunity than anyone else. Yeah, and so MVS is kind of in that same boat. Mm. Phenomenal uh, playoff receiver. And we've seen it time and time again with Green Bay. Devontae Adams got nowhere. MVS is putting up like 250 yards a game and four touchdowns he did that in the NFC championship game against the Buccaneers. He did it a, a couple times against the, the 49ers. And then he did it again against the Bengals. And so mm-hmm. for MVS to get his shot, I'm happy for him as you know, I always pulled for him in the, in the postseason, And I still pulled for him in green Bay before he went to Kansas city. And so I, I hope he just goes off in the super bowl and I, I hope he has a great, a great time. I know Matthew doesn't want to see that. Um, But, uh, yeah, kudos to MVS. He's going to the
0: Super Bowl. Yeah, the Super Bowl is going to be, as so many are, much less exciting for me than it could have been. Uh, Like you said, this was kind of the exact opposite of what we thought might have been the most exciting uh, with Brock Purdy in and that defense against the Bengals. And, yeah, that would have been a much more exciting, much more win-win for me on Super Bowl Sunday this year. Uh, I really so let me ask you, who are you guys rooting for? The
2: Eagles. <laughs> uh, it's it's so tough for me. I'm a big Andy Reid fan, and I, me too, I, but... I I pull for Andy Reid. I don't care for the Eagles organization, just top to bottom. I don't. I'm going for the Chiefs, and I I know Matthew doesn't like ninety nine point nine nine percent of that organization, but it's it's hard not to love Andy Reid. And he, he's had a number of opportunities in his career at, at, at Super Bowls, maybe not as head coach, but like as a, a solid coaching staff member, one with the Packers, with Brett Favre and, and Reggie White. Uh, he had a couple opportunities with the Eagles, never never made it to the promised land with the Eagles. One, one with the Chiefs as their head coach a couple of years ago, as we all know. And uh, now he's back and I'm, I'm all in for Andy Reid.
0: Andy Reid is already a Hall of Fame coach, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, he doesn't need the win. Nick Sirianni, uh, he could use that. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I don't care that Andy Reid doesn't win a second one. And I sure as heck don't want to have to hear Patrick Mahomes' fat voice I, all over everything. I just don't <laughs> want
1: to hear. I don't know who. I don't know who it is. Like, is it on CBS or whatever? I just care. I could care less. I just don't want to hear incomplete pass by Patrick Mahomes. That was a heck of a play by Patrick Mahomes right there. You know, I just don't want to hear that. That's all I care. You're I going to. to.
0: Get ready. Super Bowl I know Sunday.
1: I am, But I just, I just don't. As many, like five interceptions in the game from my, my son, Patrick Mahomes, and I'm still here, that was a heck of a throw. We just, the defense just played amazing, but Patrick Mahomes played that ball perfectly. No better play.
0: This was always, so I went to Purdue University as an undergrad, and we would play Notre Dame. We could be stomping there but forty something to nothing and they'd be like, Man, that Notre Dame team is so good. Look at Notre Dame. Notre Dame this and you hear nothing about Purdue because you know, that's just the way they're that's programmed. Team, yeah. That's the same thing that happens with the Chiefs. They they just cannot stop talking about Patrick Mahomes and his greatness, even if he's losing. Uh, so if he loses, we'll still have to hear it, but at least we won't have to like hear so much through mm-hmm. the year. So we got we got it divided. We got two for the Eagles. Uh, my son rooting for the Green Eagles. Uh, yes, I told him they were in the Super Bowl, and he's pretty excited. Uh, and then Brandon rooting for the uh, top dogs, the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's see how that uh, works out come Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, we'll see how that that goes. You, look like, uh, you look like you uh, wanted to say something, Brandon. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch topics. Okay. Uh, And and I I don't want to talk about fully free agency yet. Let's let's get a couple more weeks in. But I do want to talk about one free agent that uh, is a a different kind of free agent with Tom Brady. Oh, I thought you were going going with Aaron (laughs) Rodgers to Fox Broadcasting. (laughs) Greg Olson mentioned that he's very disappointed that Tom Brady is likely getting his spot in the Fox Broadcasting booth and he's being moved. What are our thoughts on that?
1: I like Greg Olson. I mean, I don't, I don't care what he's care for what he said on. I could care that I, like, <laughs> I, I like Greg Olson as an, an I like Greg Olson as an analyst. I'll be honest. I like it was you know he says and You say, know, he's not like Tony Romo. Ruh- I like Tony Romo Ruh- still, but I don't like how Tony Romo's Ruh- like. Yeah, I, I don't know, Jim. That play right there. You know, Greg Olson just sits it spot on.
0: I don't think it I've can- ever heard Tom Brady analyze plays to know what he's going to be like.
2: Here's here's my perspective. I hate Greg Olson as an analyst. <laughs> I, uh,
0: every, you guys are like flip letter, flop opposites today. Every
2: letter in hate is capitalized. Every single one that, with a period at the end. Wow. Like, hate with a period. And it's because the dude can't shut up. Like, I'm trying to sit down and I'm trying to focus on watching the game, and Greg Olson's still talking about the same play three quarters ago and trying to break it down. Just move on. Shut up. Let them get set up, and let us watch football. I don't want to hear you talking every time. There's silence. Like it's super annoying. You know, to the me. same could be said. Uh, the same. Tony,
0: Tony <laughs> Romo, and Chris Collinsworth. They both like talk, 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 talk.
1: I know they
2: do. I I just <laughs> say I didn't dislike them either. Like, there, <laughs> there is I no one Brandon belt, likes. But, look, <laughs> but it, I like. I don't mind Tony
1: Romo. But what I wanted, I do not like about Tony Romo at all is. Um, when it, like he tries to make it CBS, it's not Nickelodeon. You know how Nickelodeon does sometimes broadcast like the super those games when they make it slime whatever. This is not Nickelodeon. Sometimes Tony Romo would be like, whenever like like for example Aaron Rodgers The seniors was he was like it was the delay game. He's like snap the fucking ball and Tony Romo was like yeah you know, he's said you know what he's saying guys, you need to be quicker with that. You know he makes it oh you know, kids you know kids wise. And I'm like this is CBS, this isn't Nickelodeon.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, th- Mike Tirico like up there my favorite commentator by everything he does the olympics football if he hopped into you know european soccer i'd probably start watching that because it's mike (laughs) tarico but like good analysts are so hard and they're just trying to bring in former players and the former players kind of know what they're doing Mm -hmm. it's not it's not full in there and uh I I miss the the good old days. And by that, I mean like 10 years ago before all these players started getting in. And I I understand Chris Collinsworth was a player. But now you're like, we need everyone's perspective that has played the game of football.
0: And And now we're going to have Tom Brady's.
2: I don't like it. uh,
0: What do you think you're going to think of Tom Brady? What do you think he'll be like?
2: I, I don't think Tom Brady is going to give the defense enough credit. It's the same issue I have with Peyton Manning and Eli. It's like all offense, which is great because it's phenomenal perspective, but there's no defensive perspective. Oh, the offense should have done this. The offense should have done this. Oh, it's never – wow, this corner was excellent and stopped that offensive player on their route. It's never that. I would uh, – if, if they decide to go that route, pair Greg Olson and J.J. Watt in a booth together.
1: hmm
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I would just I, – I want a, a difference. It's, it's so frustrating to only hear about offensive stuff when defensive players are making all these great moves and doing these great things, and they get no credit for it.
0: Okay. Well, that but is... I hate
2: Greg Olson. That, the, that's the title of this podcast. I think the takeaway... F- hates Greg Olson.
0: The takeaway from all of this is Brandon hates Greg Olson.
2: Ever, whenever we put this
1: on Twitter, I'm going to tag Greg Olson in this.
0: Do it. <laughs> tell him to contact me. I will, I will tell him how to fix his commentating. I think Greg Olson probably could care less about and, us. And,
2: <laughs> and it, it made it all the more frustrating that he just happened to do every Packers game because we were in that spot where he was doing it. So it's not like I had an option to get away from Greg Olson. It was a, a lot oh. of times I would be at the TV. I would yeah, not I listen to him.
1: I was going to say, you know, what you could do is my, my grandma does at the Pacers games. Whenever she listens, she just watch like, she doesn't like the announcers, So she'll like, of uh, put the game on TV and have the your headphones in or whatever, or earbuds or whatever, and listen to the radio guys.
2: Now what some people are doing is uh, if you go on YouTube, every team has like fans that are kind of decent analysts that really just pull for your team, and that's all you want to hear is like great stuff about your team. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so like Tom Grossi streams every Packers game, and so I just line Tom Grossi's commentation up with what's happening on screen, and I'll listen to Tom Grossi commentate it over Greg Olson.
0: Okay. Well, uh, if only he hated Greg Olson a little more. Greg, I just want you to know if you are listening to this, I actually do like you in the booth, but uh, I also don't get so deep into the analytics. I don't know. So there is that. Let's real quick, Super Bowl preview. (laughs) Super Bowl preview. Now, this is not this coming week. We have the, the couple weeks off here. Is this the Pro Bowl yeah. alternate games week this week?
2: Yeah. The yeah, with one, flag the football, best, the, best the Manning brothers are
0: coaches. Yeah. I agree with the people on Twitter who say, hey, let's just name people the Pro Bowl and do nothing. That's do really nothing. all that matters. Yeah, I, I'm really not, not going to watch all these alternate games to be Josh, honest.
2: Josh Allen was uh, named quarterback for the Pro Bowl, became injured and is instead playing in a golf tournament at I the same time.
0: All right. <laughs> And like, Huntley's well, so, so, playing, right?
2: As I was said
1: that, since so, so you mentioned that, let's just name all the quarterbacks this season that played better than Tyler Huntley and why he's in the purple <laughs> Justin Fields. We don't have
0: time for that. AFC <laughs> Drive. We, we don't have know, time on this, this podcast.
1: Why? Why is? I just want to say, why is this? Sixty-seven percent completion, six hundred fifty-eight. This is only passing; none not come the rushing, so he's probably had you know somewhat a little bit better stats. Sixty-seven percent completion, six hundred fifty-eight yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions, and a seventy-seven for seventy77 rating.
2: Why is that in the Pro Bowl? Zach Wilson's mom did better than that,
0: guys. I yeah. I have a confession. I'm not even sure which team Huntley played for this year. The Ravens. Ravens? <laughs> yeah, I, you don't have to know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I probably should have known. That. I never really paid attention to the Ravens. And when Lamar got hurt, I wasn't sure who was in, in his place. So sorry, Huntley. Just, that was he, like my just bad.
2: Lamar light. He, he's hopped around between organizations. He played for Green Bay when Aaron was injured in 2018. Went to Arizona. I think he had a short stint in uh, Cleveland as well. And now he's with the Ravens. He's probably had another team or two in there. I think he might have been signed to the Vikings practice squad at one point. Um but he, he's he's hopped around. He's he's just Lamar Jackson light. That's okay. all he is.
1: You wanna who played better than Tyler? Actually, no, he didn't. No mind. Um <laughs> Maybe <laughs> he did. Maybe he did. I Tim think Allinger said five hundred seventy-three yards. Oh. Of
2: the three Sam Ellinger, three. he was I like one I Mike had Mike high White.
0: hopes for and never, never happened. Mike White now, but he got Mike injured, White right? White
2: had better games than right. Tyler Huntley's season.
0: But, but so he's far. injured. <laughs>
2: 1,000 <laughs> yeah. yards, five touchdowns, three
1: interceptions. Zach Wilson, 16, uh, 1,600 yards, six touchdowns, seven interceptions.
0: Wow. Well. I
1: mean, maybe not.
0: I tell you what, these Pro Bowls are a mystery to all of us, how people get selected to them sometimes. So all I'm going to say is I think they should name some people and let it be done because, I don't know, are either of you planning to watch these Pro Bowl alternate games?
2: Uh, I. I'm not going to watch the flag football game if I'm honest I might watch some of the skills based challenges because those are kind of fun there's like you have to jump through obstacles and and catch a ball like that's that's kind of interesting and it's it's fun just to watch these guys have a a good time last year um, Mm -hmm. Stefan and Trayvon Diggs both lined up as receiver and corner and the challenges to see which brother was better. I mean, that was fun to watch, okay. but I'm, I'm, I'm never actually watching it on TV. I'm just watching the YouTube highlights of it. So I'll spend like 45 minutes of my life going through the best parts.
0: And, know uh, that, I mean, really, that's all you should do. I might do that. We'll see. We'll see if I even you know, have the interest.
1: You know, who is better than Tyler Huntley this year also? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Josh was not going to go off this. We're going to be Mr. going off there. He's going to be yeah, like, "Hey, you know who bad. else was this better than Huntley?
1: Guy, the guy that got flack so hard this year because he had a, uh, such a bad season. Not the same guys we knew used to know." Carson Wentz, oh. Russell Wilson.
2: <laughs> Russell Wilson's usually in the Pro Bowl.
1: Yeah, sixteen touchdowns. He even he, had been, he had even had a positive interception touchdown ratio. Touchdown interception ratio. I'm yeah,
2: sure. who who are, who are the AFC quarterbacks? J- just out of curiosity, let's not go through the whole list. But what is Herbert we, in there? Uh, no,
1: he's out because of injury or something like that.
2: No Injury, um, yeah.
1: Lawrence replaced Mahomes. Huntley placed, replaced um, Allen. And then I think...
0: Um, uh, <laughs> Huntley replaced uh, Allen. Carr,
1: Derek Carr placed, uh Justin Herbert, I believe.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh
1: no, it is Joe Burrow. Justin Herbert didn't make it.
0: Justin see, Herbert I didn't. I
1: right
2: there. Yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert definitely had a better season than Tyler Huntley.
0: <laughs> oh, the fun of the Pro Bowl. All right, That's guys. Here's important. here's what yeah. we're gonna do to end out today. We're gonna give our predictions for the Super Bowl, and then we're gonna we're gonna end on that note. Let's start with Josh today. And then we'll go Brandon, and then we'll go me. It's tough
1: because it's defense and offense. But um I predicted a high scoring game for both teams last game, and I got thirty one seven or the NFC championship. I got thirty one seven and 23-20, So um I'm just going to go 28-20 or 28-17. You don't even have to do a
0: score. just Yeah, just Eagles. I do it on
1: Twitter. Eagles.
2: Okay. All right. I'm I'm also going to give a score. So Josh and I will go with this. I'm going to go 31-27, Chiefs.
0: Okay. And I am not going to give a score, but I'm going to say that the Eagles, who have been the number one team all year, somehow find a way to continue that, and they beat the Chiefs. Um, and not that Patrick Mahomes won't do some crazy stuff and it might come down to a nail biter, but I think Eagles on top. Everybody, we are so glad you came and joined us this week on the football pandemic. We got one more game after those Pro Bowls. So we'll see you next week. Maybe talk a little bit more about that Super Bowl and all that will come with it.
1: Brennan, here'd you say?
2: I hate Greg Olson.